We're live, pal. Here we go. We had movement in the poll this week as Georgia took an off week. Several other teams across the country seem to think they had the off week too. Those high-octane offenses in the Pac-12, well, they sputtered out of the gate. And the Big 2 and the Big 12, well, they didn't really impress either. Bama seemed to flip a switch on Tennessee and Tuscaloosa, and Florida State pushed Duke to the side in the ACC. The first of three huge games in the Big 10 solidified that conference's place at the top. Andrew, things are getting pretty interesting. What's your take? Terry, are you even awake tonight? Did you see that game this weekend? Listen, Terry, I sent it to the group chat earlier. I was called subtle today, or actually something that I did was called subtle today. And if anybody that actually knows me knows anything about me, subtle isn't my style. So coming off the loss of Ohio or Penn State, lost to Ohio State this weekend again, I think there are people that are going to, think I'm going to eat crow on this show, that I'm going to back off of my stance at Ohio State, that I'm going to all of a sudden think that, like Terry, Ohio State's the number one team in the country. <laughs> not today, not on my program, because when it comes to Ohio State, there's only one rule, and that's fuck them today, tomorrow, and forever. Okay, you made your statement. I've never claimed. Okay, so here's my deal. I've said over and over again, there's like five teams at the top. I put Ohio State in that five teams. You were not doing so. Uh, That's why they were dragged down a little bit in our poll. I'm just saying they have established themselves up there. And if we want to talk about the best wins that we've seen across the board this year, we've got an Ohio State win on the road in South Bend. And then we've got a win against Penn State. Those two things can't be argued. Now, does that make them the best team in the country? I don't know. But who the hell has Michigan beat so far? Who the hell has Georgia beat so far? I don't know. These are the two teams I would consider. And until they beat somebody with a pulse, I ain't doing it. So there you go. Terry, who did Andrew vote down in this week's poll? You're making me remember things. Ohio State, I'm sure. It's got to be. That's exactly who it was because (laughs) there was a tie between Michigan and Ohio State in yeah. our poll for who was number one. And guess what? Uh-uh. It ain't fucking happening until they beat Michigan. So I'm telling y'all, Michigan, best team in the Big Ten, best team in college football, period, end of discussion. I cannot wait to yell, go Big Blue at my TV, because Penn State had one job, one damn job, Terry, and that was to end the bullshit that is the Ohio State. And they couldn't get it done. They did not have offense, and I know we're going to get there, and I hope we get there because one play and no offensive output is what cost them the game. Well, you say some good things there, but I just cannot I cannot put somebody up there, including Georgia, until they have a better win. But I will also say this. The Ohio State-Michigan game, if I'm not mistaken, will be in Ann Arbor. See, I got it right this week. Screwed up and said, like, South Bend was Ann Arbor last week or whatever. But um, it's pretty close. 
I got to give that to Michigan even now. Even though I put Ohio State at number one, my bump up this week was to give an extra point to Michigan. So Michigan was kind of like a 1A kind of deal. I understand the closeness there, and I understand Georgia's there. And, you know, Florida State's a little bit below there. Um, and I guess that's what we're left with now, huh? I mean, are, are we down yeah, to that yeah. now? Other you talk quality losing some football games. Utah quality win. Florida State has wins over Clemson, wins over LSU, win over Duke. And we're going to get there, but those are three quality wins too. And Miami's making it really hard for me to say that with a straight face today because Clemson loses in double overtime this weekend. Absolutely, absolutely did not see that coming. 100%. Let's go ahead and dive into this off the gate. I, I did a little research this week. So we talk about the different conferences. Obviously, we got um, the Big Five. Uh, we've talked extensively about the Big Ten, the top three in the Big Ten. And then, you know, after that, it, it's a severe drop-off, obviously. We've got Iowa, who is whatever they are. and They kind of proved themselves a little bit this weekend to not be quite up there. Um, always take the under with Iowa folks. Always, <laughs> yes. always take the under 22 total points scored in that game. The well, over under was 30. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the SEC, they, they're supposedly legendary or whatever, and they get the benefit of the doubt every year. Um, There's two teams in the SEC. It's Georgia and it's Alabama, and well, everybody well, else. Is I'm going to get into this in a second because I've got some data here to really to really drive into this. We've heard all oh, this crap God. about the Pac-12 being the best conference in America this year, and I'm about to make a big point on that because I don't think so. I mean, I'm really dragging the Pac-12 down. Then the Big 12, not a great showing from the top two in the Big 12 this week. I mean, uh, they can't stake much claim here. In the ACC, I got a little bit to say there. So here's what I looked up, and I'm going to ask you this question. Of all these five conferences, what are their best victories this year? And it can't be against conference teams. It's got to be outside of the conference because if you're just saying that, you know, Alabama beat Tennessee, well, who's Tennessee beat? You can't base the goodness of the SEC – on conference games what non-conference okay. game have we seen that they've won and i've run it down a little bit i want to get your thoughts maybe i've missed something the big 10 i think um i think you got to go with ohio state over notre dame on the road otherwise you know you there got is, ohio there, oh yeah there, there isn't another one if you're right. going to exclude penn state and, and ohio state there's not another game right exactly so, let's see. Let's go to the Big 12. Texas beat Alabama at the Alabama. start of the year. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty quality win. The ACC yep. had a couple of them at the start of the year. Um, you got Florida State over LSU. You got Miami over Texas A&M. You also got Louisville over Notre Dame. The ACC has some big-time out-of-conference wins. And, um, you know, I'll talk about computer poll process later, but these are the things that really, um, really bring teams up or should. But then we look USC, at 
I was yeah, going to go say, could, I thought you were finishing up. I was going to say Notre Dame also beat USC big time. But well, there's but a non-conference a Independent, too. yeah. <laughs> right. So let's talk about the big t- Pac-12. I think there's two games. I don't know which one's bigger. Washington destroyed Michigan State. And Oregon won a fairly close game against Texas Tech. I don't know of another <laughs> game. Michigan State got dog walked by Michigan though this weekend too. Right. So yeah, and it, it so it's and roughly it, the so same. They're not any better than right. they were exactly. the opening game, you know. And so we've heard all Texas, this crap about Texas the Tech Pac-12, gamey, but I think that's it. Yeah. yeah, we've heard all this crap about the Pac-12 being the best conference just because it's pretty to watch. Pretty to watch does not mean victories against other teams. You know, that's the whole point of Alabama. We're going to have those ugly football games and we're going to win. I don't think they really won it that way. I think that was just a saying or whatever. But, you know, they're not worthy of this conversation because they did lose to Texas and they, they had the opportunity for a big win for the SEC and they didn't do it. And who else have I not mentioned? Oh, the SEC. I can't think of anything other than Missouri beat Kansas State. They have lost so many big games against other conferences this year. I, I don't want to hear this crap about the SEC being great. I'm an SEC guy. No, wait, wait, let me correct myself. I'm not an SEC guy. I'm an Auburn guy. I don't give a shit about the SEC. I'm an Auburn guy. But um, Missouri beat Kansas State, and I don't know of a better out-of-conference win for the SEC. So to me, you know, I think the ACC should be thought better of. I think the Big Ten has that Notre Dame win, at least, on the road, and that's big. And obviously that influences me to put Ohio State up there. But tired of hearing the SEC and Pac-12 talk. Beat somebody outside of your conference before you start talking crap. That's my point today. So I had a little bit of rant of my own there, Andrew. I just wanted to get all that crap out. That a boy, Terry. I'm rubbing off on him, folks. <laughs> this is called entertainment, but Terry is not wrong. The non-conference game schedules this year were pretty were pretty good. I thought one thing in defense of the Big Ten, and I know I sound like a homer because that's where the Huskers play, is you got the say those big three are in the same division, so they're in the same division inside the conference, and those are going to be the three best games or six best games, whatever, however the math works. Uh, you're the engineer, not me. But it's they're going to be the six best games of the year, four best games of the year, whatever it is. Three. It's, you know. Three. Everybody's well, got no, a home game. Everybody's got yeah. one home game. Yeah, so they got to play each other. My whole point was Penn State has to play Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State has to play, you know, um, Michigan. Michigan has to play Ohio State. So um, you get, yeah, I guess three, four, whatever it is. I don't, it's I don't know. It's, it's three. three. Okay. Trust I keep me. out thinking myself. <laughs> Exactly. I get it. I get it. You're like, how can it be not? How can it not be just more three than games, three? But yeah. it's three. It's three. It's th- yeah. I but think it's, it's going to be three of the biggest games of the year. It's three of the biggest games of the year. So I think Penn State's got an obvious opportunity when Michigan comes calling, um, because obviously people have started forgetting about Penn State. But Penn State's good, and I think they proved that they're pretty good this weekend. They happened to lose to to Ohio State on the road. I mean. Home field advantage means something, right? So it, it does in Columbus. Yeah. Same as it does in Tuscaloosa. Same as it does as you saw this weekend at Jordan Hare. Yeah. Same as it does in Lincoln, Nebraska. I promise you, the home field advantage makes all the difference for Nebraska. Same it as it does for Auburn and Alabama 
And when Florida was big, the swamp was one of the hardest places to win. You talked about the Rocky Top in Tennessee. Talk about how hard it is to win in Tennessee when the way you celebrate is you throw the goalposts in the river, for God's sake. I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, they're on it out there in Tennessee. But you're right, Terry. It's hard. The, I would say that Buckeye Stadium, the horseshoe in Columbus, there in itself is worth a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making excuses for Penn State losing. What I'm saying is Ohio State should already be up 7-0 to zero before a football is already snapped. Mm-hmm. I use the same thing when I talk about Coach Saban and how good he is. Most of the time, his presence on the sideline is worth 10 to 14 points. And people are like, oh, you're full of shit, Andrew. The man ain't lost 30 games, and he's been in the SEC since 2007. And as Terry likes to say, fun fact, y'all, he lost five in the first year. <laughs> five of the 28 were lost in the first year no my deal is we beat them more than anybody else does now we fire coaches once in a while but we can beat alabama more than anybody else does that's just how it is we can't beat georgia or lsu and that's why we fire our coaches or arkansas <laughs> for whatever that's reason. right or mississippi state you know it's yeah. like we can beat alabama but we can't beat vanderbilt but you know more on that later because there will be a game to possibly hopefully, probably, pull Auburn into an all-time winning record against Vanderbilt this year, and we're really excited about that. Yay. By we, by we he means Terry, not me. <laughs> I could give a shit because he sent me a picture of their stadium again. It is terrible. There's no walls in part of the stadium. They're rounding the, up to call the it the stadium. The scoreboard is down. I mean, it is, it is ridiculous. There are, there are holes in the infrastructure of the stadium. It is embarrassing. He said it's embarrassing if you're in the SEC. I think it's embarrassing to say, hey, guys, let's sell some tickets and we'll play football right here. While, by the way, our scoreboard is being held up by a huge crane, and God only knows what construction fences are out there alongside the porta potties and the dump trucks and everything else. Yeah, let's play football here in Vandy. This is what we're going to do. No wonder they lose. No wonder they lose. They're terrible. That's right. It's going to get worse. You know, we got Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league next year. Two more teams to pound Vandy into the ground. I mean, the the future of college football, who knows where we're headed here? This is getting out of hand. We've got the ACC with Cal and Stanford. That's just ridiculous from, from a naming perspective. They're going to have Pacific Coast. There'll be the Coastal Conference with the Pacific Coast Division and the Atlantic Coast Division. Hey, I got an idea. Maybe I can copyright that and get some money from them when they do it before someone, one of our 29 listeners, sends it in for review. Well, we won't talk about the number of listeners. I've done some research there. And anyway, let's hold off on that. So let's dive in a little bit. Okay. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but we talk about Penn State, Ohio State. Ohio State wins 20 to 12 in a home game against Penn State and it is the first of the major games in the Big 10 but we are far from understanding what's going to happen with this conference. Yeah, in the words of the American Dream baby, this was this was uh, two bowls of the woods locking horns. It was a slobber knocker and if you like defensive football games, you all know I do. This is my shit. I absolutely love this game. Uh, The momentum-killing play, in my opinion, 
was the scoop and score by Penn State that gets called back for defensive holding. Did not think that it was defensive holding. No, yam bag. It's not because I was rooting for Penn State. It's because it wasn't fucking defensive holding, okay? Because when it comes to business, wrestling, um, and football, I get very, very serious. It was not defensive holding. Uh, so defensive holding is a stupid fucking penalty because it's a five-yard penalty that results in a first down. Absolutely ridiculous. So even if you call back the fumble, you still gave Ohio State a fresh set of downs, and they don't need the help. So don't agree with the call there by the referees. But here's the bigger problem, in my in my opinion, for Penn State. Why is the turkey goblet at me? Good so, Lord, I can't open up to look at stats without a stupid video starting. I swear, these guys. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. So the point what Penn State couldn't run anything. They couldn't do anything. Then when they run the ball, then they had too many less than one-minute possessions. They also, Terry, and I'm going to hand the baton to you because we talked about it, one and 16 yeah. on third down. Yeah, and that's a stat that's interesting. Um, we talk about it being really important, and a lot of times it is. But, you know, in some games, and this wasn't one of them, in a defensive game, it is very important. Some of these offensive powerhouses, they don't need third down. You know, you can say, nope. well, we did okay nope. against this team on third down. Like, third down conversions against Washington probably don't mean a whole lot because <laughs> – they're getting chunks of yards on first and second down. But, yeah, that was um, that was a lot of the story across the Big Ten this week. And, you know, Penn State One out finished. of 16. Yeah. Do, not, do not sleep on that, folks. One out of 16. And they didn't, yeah, they didn't convert. They didn't control the clock. They didn't hold the ball. All those things we talk about week after week after week and you are a running minded team who decided oh you know what i think we'll just throw the ball three times and then we'll go ahead and punt get the fuck out of here there was no creativity or originality in that offense that was called this weekend they leaned on the defense and they leaned on the defense so damn much they finally broke a couple times but 20 points to that ohio state offense is not anything penn state has nothing to be ashamed of as for the Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr., as we know, is a stud. I mean, one hundred percent. You're actually admitting you're saying five serum benefits in one. You're muted. Okay. Yeah, that was a good uh, thing because I opened another damn video. But anyway, you're saying, man, this is a rough one tonight, isn't it? Anyway, um, so you actually said that for them. I am blown away what the ohio state oh yeah goodness yeah well the ohio state is a good football team but they can still go fuck themselves and it's go big blue from here on out terry i don't give a shit if they're stealing signs or not michigan best team in football and it ain't even close well we'll we'll have plenty of opportunity to decide that later in the year but it will be another month as we've been saying Till Michigan plays anybody that's really going to put any pressure on them, uh, that's going to be Penn State. That's going to be a home team, a home game for Penn State, and we'll see how that goes. But you know, if Michigan wins that game against Penn State, it really absolutely comes down to Michigan, Ohio State. There, um, the the only way this becomes a fuck finish is if Penn State beats Michigan and Michigan beats Ohio State. 
Because at that point, hypothetically, which win is better? Which win is best? A Michigan lost by two touchdowns in Happy Valley or an Ohio State buzzer beater in Ann Arbor? You know, I mean, I, but what, what's a better one? What's a be- How would you even rank that? So that's the kind of fun that we can have in the coming weeks. But for now, Michigan's going to continue to wax that ass because poor Michigan State, 49-0. to It wasn't even close, Terry. I told you I dropped in on the game. Michigan just imposing their will, doing whatever it is that they want to do. And I think ultimately their offense is in such a better position than both Ohio State and Penn State. And this is me being fair. I'm not trying to rib the Penn State people out there. Love you, Yambag. But in all seriousness, I don't think Michigan's offense can be stopped as many times as Penn State's was. And, I mean, one for 16 on third down. Do not sleep on that stat. That is ridiculously strong defense. Great outing by Ohio State. A very good football team. Never said they weren't. But um, certainly does make for a couple more games that'll be very very interesting so and nebraska can win the big 10 west it is official ladies and gentlemen they have the chance okay let's that that's a good segue because i wanted to introduce something a little bit i didn't want to start this at the start of the year but i think we're pretty good distance into the year now let's talk about those standings i'm only listing here the teams that I feel have a chance. That's mostly the teams that are a game out or so. Um, in the East, we've got Michigan, overall 8-0, 5-0 in the conference. Ohio State is 7-0, 4-0 in the conference. And Penn State only has that single loss to Ohio State. Obviously, we got the scenario we talked about where all the home teams win and we got a three-way tie. Who the hell knows what the rules are at that point? It's like who has the prettiest girlfriend they end up going to 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 the championship game. And before you get too far, Terry, before you get too far, if this was next year, it wouldn't matter because they'd all be in the playoff anyway. Right. Well, so, okay. So I'm going to cut in with a little bit of USC. I've seen this where people are saying Caleb Williams should just not play any more college football because he has nothing to play for. You know, we hear about this crap all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. realistically, maybe that's true when you're talking about how this is as a business. Maybe you protect yourself there. But um, it really sucks for college football that, that the business has, has taken over so much. But as an individual, I cannot blame anybody for protecting their future. So who knows? Well, and here's a thought on that. Part of the reason he's one of the highest – actually, he is the highest paid NIL in the country. Yeah. One of the reasons that he doesn't have to do anything, he's set for life, yada, yada. He can make demands you and I talked about off the show about like him wanting ownership in the team that he gets drafted to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good luck with that one, pal. Right. Yeah, I just don't uh, see it happen. I don't either, but the, the deal is he's a millionaire. Unless it's the Jaguars. At, we know that tw- that family makes some years really old, weird decisions. <laughs> he's a millionaire. At 20 years old or whatever it is, it's ridiculous. He's got the NILs through the roof. But here's my point about the NIL. What made that NIL so wealthy is the fact he's the quarterback for the University of Southern California. Right. Why are you going to sit your ass on the bench? You're not going to have the people coming to pay you to put their product on you, to market you, if your ass is sitting on the bench because, well, you know what? It's probably best for me not to not to play. Get the fuck out of here. Play the game. That's what you're supposed to be in college for anyway. And on the topic of the NIL, 
If you're not going to play in college and you're on a scholarship, get the fuck out of the college. That's all there is to that, too. Yeah. All right, so let's dig back into the Big Ten. That Sorry. was a little bit of a tangent based on something you said, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's visit the Western Division in the Big Ten. And as you oh. said, Nebraska's got a chance here. Currently, Wisconsin is at 3-1 and one in the conference. Iowa is at 3-2. and two. Minnesota and Nebraska are both at 2-2. Two and two. There's plenty of football to be played here. And those are the four teams I thought had a chance to win this division. Yeah, Nebraska's got Purdue next. Of course, Wisconsin is going to be coming up. Um, they've already lost to Minnesota, and Iowa will finish the year out. So they've got three of those four teams they have to play in front of them. Wisconsin right. did not look good against Illinois this weekend, and Iowa looked like hot garbage that we knew they were. So if Nebraska can somehow muster not to turn the ball over five times in a game, they might actually beat Iowa in the last game of the year. Um, <clears throat> I jokingly said, Nebraska can run the table. And I was talking to another Nebraska fan. We both know him. It was Bryant. He was texting me. And he's like, yeah, you know, we could we could win the West. I said, and then what? Get fucking pounded by Michigan for the Big it's Ten true. title? It's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, listen. Or, I may be, or worse I may than be that picking Ohio State number one right the now. Ohio but I did State, not, yeah. I picked Michigan at the beginning of the year to win this conference. And I'm not backing off of that either. I know these are and not I mutually picked Ohio exclusive. State because that was business. Yeah. That oh, had nothing it. to do with church. That was strictly <laughs> separation of church and state, buddy. But uh for those of you playing along at home, that's fuck Ohio State today, tomorrow, and forever. But what I was getting at is then what? So you're a nine win team or whatever, and you're gonna run right into Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State. No thanks. <laughs> well, now that they Hard won't be pass. able to steal signs, they may get crushed in their next game, Andrew. Yeah, right. <laughs> Have you seen the talent? Signs are no signs. Do you want me to start ranting again? Signs are no signs. Michigan's the best football team in the country, and well, I don't I, give I a mean, shit. Reality is that whole situation isn't about an on-field advantage. It's more about the haves and the have-nots, and this is another little mini rant from me. I'm sick of all this haves and have-nots nonsense. We have let too many teams in Division One FBS football, and it is ruining the game because we're trying to bring up these lesser teams that don't have the money and make them competitive. That is a bunch of nonsense. Let the big boys compete with each other with the money that they can bring in and get everybody else out of the damn way. I'm so sick of this. It just keeps increasing and increasing, and and it makes it worse. And not only that, there's 133, I think, FBS teams, yet we still don't schedule FBS teams for our cupcake games. We still go to FCS to get that. that that's stupid, too. I'm just throwing darts at everybody tonight. I don't care. This is – we don't have – Michigan is not going to play a team – worthy of competition until they go to Penn State, and they'll be 9-0 and at that point. And I know there's a lot of yeah. conference games. I get it. But the fact that the out-of-conference games are just mush, it, it, it's killing your ability to really see who's good. Yeah, and Michigan, let's face it, Michigan is going to be 9-0. and I don't want to pass on Michigan discussion this week. Only because 
Michigan State toted a country ass whooping this weekend. And this is a team that has been very competitive with Michigan over the years, has beat Michigan over the years. They didn't have anything for Michigan this week. And I understand the Mel Tucker thing, the scandal, the whatever. You're still a Division I football player at a highly recruited, competitive school. Yes. And you got waxed 49-0. to zero. In your house. Yeah. That game wasn't in Ann Arbor. It was in East Lansing. It took me back yeah. to sitting in the stands. And I was sitting because it was not very exciting. Sitting in the stands. This was the year before Tommy Tuberville went on a big streak against Alabama. Dennis Francione brought Alabama into Jordan-Hare and won 31-7. to It was embarrassing. It was not fun. We were licking our wounds, and they did that in our house. That is not a fun time for a fan. And I'm sure it's not a fun time for a player either, obviously, but yeah. No, and I mean, it was a country ass whooping. And what I mean by that is in every phase of the game, Michigan outmuscled Michigan State. And at one point, when Nick Saban was the head coach, when Mark D'Antoni was the head coach, Michigan State was a bunch of bullies. You didn't push them around. They pushed you around. And Michigan controlled the line of scrimmage. They virtually did whatever they wanted to do. I wasn't thinking Michigan State was going to get get close in this one, but forty nine to zero. You said it several weeks ago. There is something about that zero that just makes yeah. that ass whooping you toted so much worse because that meant you had nothing, no busted coverage, no penalty put you in the right position. You didn't even get inside a field goal range. Well, and or I'm sure you've if heard you this did, where... it got blocked or. T- you know, where there's a guy that makes a 97 on a test and another guy makes a 100. And the 97 guy says, well, it's pretty much the same. And he said, no, it's not. You made a 97 because that's what you could do. I made a 100 because that's all there was to get. You know, and that's the deal with a zero. You don't know how much better a zero is on defense compared to a three. That That three could be worlds away. And that's hard to measure because you just think about it being a zero or three or seven or whatever. But, I mean, defenses can dominate, and um, some some zeros may be better than other zeros. you got to watch it to really figure it out. It was a pretty impressive zero. That I will give you. I mean, it was at East Lansing. It was a a night game, 7 o'clock game too, Terry. You're supposed to come out in prime time for that ass whooping. Um, And those types of games only give Michigan more confidence. That's really the bottom line here. You're playing on all cylinders. I watched watched, uh, Matt Rule's conference today, his uh, Monday press conference he does. Two more out for the season at Nebraska. Two more players done for the season. They're playing such a physical brand of football that it is costing them players. Mm -hmm. Um, So now that – that tells me we're not tough enough. And I hate to say that about my football team, but you're not tough enough to stay to hang, then we got to do something different. So anyway, good on uh good on the whole uh, deal there with uh, Michigan, Michigan, but Ohio State Penn State was the game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um USC Utah put on a show that was we'll get there, but um I mean we had Texas Oklahoma We've had Oregon, Washington, and now we got Penn State, Ohio State, and it was, it was worth it. Just like in a week, we're to be talking about LSU versus 
the Alabama Crimson Tide, sir. That's right. Well, so uh, to wrap up a little bit on the Big Ten, uh, we got two undefeated teams remaining. Obviously, those are Ohio State and Michigan. Penn State gets their first loss, but um, they're not going away. They're going to try to make it difficult for Michigan to, to claim that undefeated season there. But let's look at week nine. So Michigan um, finally gets an off week. Iowa gets an off week. And we've got a handful of games here of the teams that are still in contention for the um, Big Ten divisions. Um, so Purdue plays at Nebraska. Yep. And Michigan State at Minnesota. And then we've got Indiana at Penn State. Should be um, – Indiana don't know what's coming for them after, after this. Mm-hmm. They get a loss. Penn State's just going to steamroll them. But let's talk about this game, and it's going to be our first pick game of the week. Ohio State at Wisconsin. We're going to pick this game, Andrew, and I'll go first. <clears throat> Ohio State's coming off of a big win. Um, Wisconsin, you know, not as good maybe as we thought they were earlier in the season. This is at Wisconsin. Um, Not sure how this is going to affect the teams here. I'll pick first here. Terry goes with 34-20 Ohio State. What do you got, Andrew? Not enough points, Terry, but it's a great pick. 42-17. The Ohio State gets it done in Camp Randall. Um, 17 might be too many for Wisconsin, honestly, the way Ohio State's defense played. So let me drop that to 42-10. I think you're going to see Ohio State finding that momentum and that rhythm. And, yes, it is a Camp Randall stadium. They're going to jump around in the fourth quarter. Luke Fickle, you do not know as the Wisconsin coach what it's like to have this type of Ohio State team coming, and I promise you they're coming. In no way is Wisconsin competitive with Penn State in terms of defense, let alone the offensive side of the ball. Right. Iowa stuck it to Wisconsin. Um, they had to battle back against Illinois this weekend. Uh, Wisconsin is consistently mediocre. Ohio State is finding that rhythm that we, you know, I said it. They're going to win the Big Ten because it's Ohio State because they always have the best athletes and they always have the best game plan. And after last year, they have a chip on their shoulder going – into the playoff knowing they're one play away from beating Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, Ohio State is too good. It's a big win for them coming off of this Penn State, you know, uh, dogfight, for the lack of a better way to say it. Um, but they win, and they win big in Camp Randall. 42-10, that's what I'll call it. So you know what I think I'm going to do this week when I create this graphic for our picks? I'm going to put the word the in there because you're the one that used the the this week. So I'm going to put the V on your side. I'm going to leave it Ohio State on my side because I didn't I didn't put that crap in there. Well, I'm but, not the uh, one that got one of our graphics thrown off TikTok, so you can put fuck <laughs> the Ohio State in on the graphic too. So there you go. <laughs> it's back on there. Anyway, so let's go ahead. I sent, and move them, the I sent them a polite email, Andrew. They put it back. It was very, <laughs> very well worded. Sir, will you please reconsider? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Let's go uh, to Tuscaloosa and um, Tennessee visited Tuscaloosa and thought they had something going. Then, as we stated in our little text chat, and I've heard a lot of people talk about, Alabama found the switch, they flipped it, and it was over. This 
is the Alabama Crimson Tide, sir. We only got him for a half, but 27 unanswered. We got the Saban tantrum in the first in the first half of the game. His ass was on fire, and and uh, the next thing you know, Alabama's playing championship football, shutting Tennessee down. Now, I will say this about Josh Heifel. I've been very high on Josh Heifel. His answer to the referee question was oh, hysterical. Yeah. His where he answer. just, <laughs> where he was like, "Was that a long enough silence for you?" Oh, I thought yeah. that was tremendous. And his facial um, expression I, made it even better because he's not just not talking. He's got those eyes looking at the guy like, are you serious? You know what yeah. my answer to this is. But Heifel, you got out coached. Saban mm-hmm. obviously made the adjustments in the second half. There, You can blame the referees for a questionable call if you want. Penn State can go crying that that, that t- scoop and score turnover was turned over. The, the play was reversed. Call was reversed and Ohio State scored a touchdown out of it. Or they can just get better. Tennessee wanting to say that the referees are responsible for 27 points is garbage. Right. Your play is responsible for 27 points. The other thing is they finally started running the quarterback draw at the end of the game, but you were already the game was so far out of sight that that they didn't have a chance to even win this game and come back. And Alabama's defense does what it's done over the years and ground it out. And they found some offense. And I believe they said it 18 times. What's his name? The Notre Dame quarterback that's there now, the offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese is throwing everything he's got at him. Well, motherfucker, open that playbook and throw everything you got at him because you got Tennessee, you got LSU coming up, you've got Auburn coming up, and then you've got Georgia in the national or the SEC title game. So, uh, unless something drastic changes in the East, which I don't see happening. Um, all the momentum right now is with Alabama. Here's the problem for any team facing Alabama. As long as they find the consistency here in the next few games, they're hitting that stride, that peak, that momentum at the right time for them and the wrong time for everybody else. And we've seen teams get hot and get streaky, and the next thing you know, they're the ones holding the trophy. So um, I'm going to keep saying it's happened. This. It happened before. I got to see more consistency out of Tuscaloosa before I really hand that to them. Cause I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they beat Arkansas by three points in Tuscaloosa. I mean, we had this discussion. Yeah. It's like, sure. They flipped the switch for a half of football, but did they turn it back off? Do they, does LSU show up with the powerful offense that they've proven they have? And does Alabama let it get out of hand before they turn it on and not are they not able to catch up? And and that's a big question because and I'll get into the standings now since I'm talking about it, because <clears throat> Alabama's sitting here at five and zero oh in the conference. LSU's four and one and Ole Miss is three and one. So um Ole Miss already had their chance at Alabama. Ole Miss has already played both of them. They beat LSU. Um they did mm-hmm. not beat Alabama. So this LSU-Alabama game is huge here in, in when it comes to the West. And, you know, I know LSU, they've, they've got two losses, but they are a very powerful offense. And how do they match up with Alabama? The thing about Alabama's offense is um, they are not that ground-and-pound offense. Uh, they're not great with the intermediate passes, but, boy, they'll go over the top on you big time. And um, – that breeds inconsistency to some degree. And we've talked about that over and over again. So um, 
that is what Alabama is this year. It makes Nick pretty pissed off quite often. Um, maybe they've got enough in the tank and they can be consistent enough to win these games, but I'm waiting on them to prove it to me that they can do it week in and week out. Because that Arkansas game, that 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 should not be a three point game. I'm sorry, it just should not. Be. No, they play they played a half in that game too. They yeah. just played the front half and not the back half, and that's what Saban's been fussing about the whole time. But I think what I was getting at is if you get Alabama streaky, and yeah. you get them where they start playing like they did in the second half of that Tennessee game, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. They're going to be a tough, yeah. tough game for anybody. Now, you know we we we've said the word inconsistency, and maybe that really should be our first piece of merchandise at TNA Top Ten because, quite frankly. Inconsistency describes a lot of our favorite football teams and non-favorite football teams because we're going to get out to USC soon enough. But Georgia, inconsistent. Everybody outside of the Big Ten, I would say inconsistent. I mean, Utah maybe is consistent. They just didn't happen to have their quarterback. But um, everybody else, you talk about Washington, you talk about Oregon, you talk about Oklahoma, Texas – Florida State's played a game or two that if they've dropped down and had to win it in a gritty fashion. They've won these games, but they have not come out and dominated. Now, obviously, Michigan, we've talked about over and over again who they've played. Everybody talks about that. We'll really get to prove it in a few weeks. But um, there's just a lot of inconsistency. And I think we breed inconsistency now because of the transfer portal, you're not bringing guys in as freshmen and having them for five years. It just doesn't happen as often now. And the good players are going to find a place to play. And you're not going to have that depth. Nobody has the depth that they used to have. And that's what brings on the inconsistency. Well, and one of the other things is, you know, um, and, and we'll get here at some point, I'm sure, when we start debating these polls, does nine dominant victories by Michigan, and we're talking 35 points plus, along with two victories over Penn State and Ohio State, let's call them, let's call them 14 points. Yeah. Let's call, hell, call them seven points. Call them three points. One score game. Does that nullify the fact that Michigan still won those games if any of the lesser games had been closer? and maybe one of the other games have been farther apart. Absolutely not. What it shows you is Michigan just bullies people, and they have the best team in the country. Right. Um, that's why you, you set your potential high, but the problem is there is a range that we have not isolated very well because we don't know what their low is because they haven't had anything that put pressure on that, that lower range. And that's the big question mark. And I'm getting all nerdy already because I know I'm going to talk computer poll later. But that's really what um, what's going on here. Their, their ceiling is way up there. We just don't know where their floor is because nobody's really put pressure on that. And nobody will until Penn State. Right. Which, I mean, we can see. Rate. That's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. I mean, nobody's going to touch them until Penn State. And if they do, um, it'll be a huge shocker. And we'll be really talking about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because they—I mean, shit—they—they're going to be nine and zero. They've only got two games left or whatever before they right. get to Penn State. So, and they got so, Ohio State in the same month. But anyway, go ahead, Terry. So elsewhere in the SEC, we had LSU. They painted their end zones camouflage, 
and um, Army could not find them because of that. So they are blanked by LSU, 62 to nothing. Um, Missouri, um, another win by quite a few points in the in the league. Um, Missouri wins 34-12 against South Carolina. We got a one-loss Missouri team. I mean, what are they? I really don't know. But um, here's the other game, and um, I got to tell you, Auburn. Auburn is really good at looking like complete garbage and losing by a score. I just don't get it. There's something in the water in Auburn. You know, I've drank that water quite a bit, obviously. But um, oh, this was messy, really messy. And part of it, you got to say, did Auburn cause Ole Miss to look messy? I guess they did. Uh, there were some turnovers. Some of them were gifted to Auburn. And Ole Miss wins 28-21. The better team won. But it, it's hard. You know, Auburn at home is just some kind of weird magic. Um, but, man, I, I, I've got some. Okay. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat a little bit here. So, we've got, I guess, a quarterback controversy in Auburn. Because, uh, we got one guy that's supposed to be the passer who can't pass for crap. And one guy that's supposed to be the runner that could not outrun any of the linebackers against Ole Miss. So I don't know what exactly we're thinking we're doing by this two I watched, quarterback system. I watched this game. Don't let me cut you off. I watched this game. Who are you saying is who? So Peyton Thorne's supposed to be the passer. He is not. Hot trash. And Robbie, Ashford could not, and Robbie Ashford tried to go outside, and he kept getting run down by the linebackers. Well, you know, they are linebackers for Ole Miss, which means they're Alabama rejects, which means they're pretty good. But, uh, I mean, let's be honest. But my point is, <laughs> I, think what, I think what Hugh Freeze is really doing, because he hasn't come out and said this, we got a passer, we got a rusher. <clears throat> I think he is using this bunch of games – and he's waiting on somebody to step up, and nobody has stepped up yet. Not a single quarterback has come in the game and stepped up. Now you can't, you can't, um, you can't act like the receivers are playing well. They cannot make any decent catches if there's any kind of competition for it. Over and over again, the balls are hitting them in the hands, and they're dropping it. So there's no help from the receiving core. I would say the quarterbacks were an F. The receivers were an F. The running backs, you know, um, Hunter had that 52-yard run for a touchdown. That was the biggest um, positive from the offense. Um, but, yeah, I think this quarterback situation in Auburn is pretty ugly, and I think we need to look in the transfer portal for next year cause, and, and for receivers because uh, if, nothing, if nothing improves greatly before then, then we're going to struggle some more. Let me ask you a couple things. First, number one, let me before I ask anything. Yeah. I want to point out to all of our fans, that's 29 of them that are listening. Thank you. Like, subscribe, so. share. We love you. We appreciate it. But all 29 <laughs> of our fans would think that we hate, that I hate Nebraska and you hate Auburn. No, no, because I love of the way, Auburn. Because the way we talk about them. I just that's don't what understand what they're at. doing. It's not that we hate them. It is that we love them. They are our <laughs> teams. I have... I I was witness to Nebraska being Alabama. 
And what I mean by that is winning game after game after game and the championships and the and the Heismans and the honors and blah, blah, blah. You have been party to a number of Auburn wins, Iron Bowl wins, mm-hmm. national championship wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen your team play far better than what they're playing now. Yeah. As have I. And so that's why we are we are hypercritical. I will never stop rooting for Nebraska. I have watched every ass whooping they've taken since the Tom Osborne era ended. And I mean every one of them. 77 to 10 against Texas Tech back in like 2004 or 5. Mike Leach just opened the playbook right. and here she goes, you know. Oklahoma State doing the same thing on the 10th anniversary of Nebraska winning a national championship in 97. I mean, it just, you can go on and on and on and on. You know, my point is that in Auburn and, and at Nebraska, they're in a similar situation. Jeff Sims came from Georgia Tech, transfer portal, ball control was a problem of his, turned the ball over eight times in the first two games. Can't have that shit. He gets hurt. They put Harburg in. Jeff Sims is apparently ready to play football. He's not taking a snap. Harburg, the freshman, is now the starting quarterback. The one thing that I did see that I liked from Nebraska this past weekend, it was online, there are five or six core offensive members of the team, the skills yeah. players. They're all freshmen and sophomores. That's good. So so that's a good sign. Now back to you, Auburn. I don't want to talk about Nebraska too much, but I'm making the comparison. Oh, yeah. If not Peyton Thorne, but your other guy Robbie had Ashley. played ball- – Robbie actually had played balls out. You probably don't see Peyton Thorne back in the game. That's right. my point. I agree with you. I think Hugh Freeze, but the problem is he didn't play well either. Right. He uh, well, exactly. he didn't he didn't Nobody play any stepped better up than, and said this is my job. Yeah, he didn't play any better than Peyton Thorne. Let me put it that way, because I don't right. want to because they they play much better at quarterback than I ever dream of playing. But what I'm getting right. at is. To your point, nobody grabbed the ring and said, I'm the starter. This is my football team. We're going to start winning football games. And the two the two quarterback attack worked when it was Chris Lake and Tim Tebow, you know, for the for the 06 Gators. Be the right guys. I mean, but, there's a reason but, for that. But yeah. Tebow was a fullback running in the wildcat yeah, position. Exactly. It's not exactly a quarterback. And you, you mentioned know? Nebraska from like 94, but Robbie Ashford's not exactly Tommy Frazier here, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but, because in Nebraska, what happened in 94 was Tommy Frazier gets the blood clots. Brooke Behringer shows up. Behringer leads the team to all of the wins. And then when they played Miami in the championship, Behringer got the or Frazier got the start because he'd had a better practice. Yeah. He he turned the ball over. Behringer comes in, marches the field that ball down the drive. They scored, marches yeah. the ball down the field on the drive, they score. The next drive he throws a turnover. So then Tommy's back in. They literally took two quarterbacks to win the national championship. Right. And it was such a beautiful story because they both were needed to win the damn thing in the first place. Um but yeah, Frazier was in three consecutive Orange Bowls, 93, 4, and 5 against Florida State, Miami, and Florida. So um, they knew what they were doing there. He was also the runner up to the Heisman Trophy. Spoiler alert, he lost Eddie George. So if you're going to get beat in 1995, Eddie George isn't terrible to get beat by. Even you know? if he was by- from Ohio State, not D. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off, Terry. I was waiting on it. So here's an interesting thing um you know the transfer portal is pretty interesting uh, where guys come from you know 
like Bo Nix leaves Auburn. So that leaves a gap in Auburn. But then it's like, well, now I've got competition. Robbie Ashford was at Oregon. So now he says, well, now I know there's a job at Auburn because there's this guy coming to compete with me. I'm going to leave and fill his role. So we kind of did a trade. Obviously, Auburn got the raw end of that deal. And and I'm not shitting on Robbie Ashford. I like Robbie Ashford. But, um, you know, Bo Nix is, you know, in Bo Nix is a top three or four quarterback in the country, right. and he's going to be on the Heisman ballot. Exactly. But um, I, I think, and one thing that's bothered me, I think the reason I say that he's waiting on somebody, Hugh Freeze is waiting on somebody to step up, because he's not using them like you would use a platoon, where when you need to pass, you put Thorne in, and then when you need to run, you put Ashford in. Because Ashford drove down in the red zone and got replaced by Thorne at one point. That's the opposite of what you would do with your passing quarterback and your running quarterback. I think he's putting them in in different situations to see how they do. Um, it's really the intensity's cranking up a little bit. Um, but they are at this point where they just went through four difficult games and there's some easier games coming up. We may see a shift. Um, there is an expectation of possibly uh, getting some wins back and 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 uh, winning two or three in a row here. We got Mississippi State, we got Vanderbilt, Arkansas. Uh, I think that's at Arkansas, so that might be tougher. Obviously, um, then we got New Mexico State, and then obviously we end with the Iron Bowl. So that's not quite included in this easier game set. Roll tide, Terry. <laughs> you hold off on that one. It's a few weeks away. Anyway, <laughs> so let's talk about the standings in the SEC. Auburn is not included in this because, um, yeah, they're not really dominating the conference here. So in the East. But they are the number East. 11. Spoiler alert, fans. They are number 11 in Terry's computer poll, and I will not no. be convinced otherwise. <laughs> I think they're like number, number 88 11. or something, to be quite honest, yeah. but anyway. They're number 11. Number one in the East is the Georgia Bulldogs. Number one in my heart. Anyway, so Georgia 7-0, 4-0 in the conference, and then we've got Missouri at 7-1, 3-1 in the conference, and Florida sitting there as inconsistent as anybody in the country at 5-2, 3-1 in the conference. Um. You know, I listed. I these thought the teams. Florida coach would have gotten fired by now. Oh, Sorry, man. I mean to interrupt you. I'd, they, well, I, that I Tennessee really win the is they... sitting there, right? If you yeah. make Tennessee look bad, well, they got an opportunity this weekend to do something, right? They can either look because they're playing Georgia, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. So this is their opportunity. Yeah. Just imagine if Florida beats Georgia this weekend. You want to oh, talk my about God. turning stuff upside down? So that's the three teams I feel still uh, compete in the East to some degree. And they still speaking. have to play. They still have to play yeah. each other, all three, I think, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember any of these teams playing each other yet. Um, so then in the West, you got Alabama. They are undefeated in conference. Their only loss, their 7-1, and one, was to Texas to start the year, or week two, I think, maybe. Yeah. LSU is 6-2, and two, but they're 4-1 and one in conference because they started off against Florida State and lost. And then Ole Miss is sitting here after this win – at Jordan Hare, they are six and one, three and one. They hold a win against LSU. They were defeated by Alabama. 
So uh, these are the three teams in the West that have a chance, and uh, there's a little <laughs> bit of football to be played. And this weekend, also in the West, is going to be big because um, we got the Tide and the Tigers. Not that Tide and Tigers. There's Tigers all over the place in the SEC. These are the Bayou Bengals of LSU that they're going to be playing Alabama, and we'll, we'll see how that one goes. It's going to it's going to is it this week or next week? Well. I'm not going to look it up, damn it, because um, – I got you. I got you covered, Terry. I thought it was this week. I may be – I, I, it I is. think it's the it first week of November. next week because they're both off this week, actually. I've yeah. got it listed right here in my notes, and I'm an idiot because I didn't look at it. It is next week, but so they're, be, they're but getting the geared up. The point is it'll be the next game. They're both going to be geared up. They're both going to be ready. Yes. You know it's going to be at night. It's going to be under the lights. It's going to be a big deal, Um, big fucking deal, believe yes. it. So that's the thing, my Trump imitation aside. This is the game in the SEC West. Yep. Um, and it's going to really decide if Alabama's going to Atlanta or not. This week, though, Florida is a trap game for Georgia. Mm -hmm. Georgia's coming off the bye. Florida has been as inconsistent, like you said, as anybody. And that makes teams dangerous because what team – is going to show up this week. That's right. That becomes the question because we saw this Florida team get drummed by Utah. Now I have I have said Utah's a very good football team. They had Cam Rising at the time, but that was the first or second game of the year, and right. they drummed them. Um, and the proof. second loss, second loss was to Kentucky. That's who the second loss was, yeah. and Kentucky just bulldozed them. So if That's Georgia right. does what Kentucky did. And put seven guys inside the tackle box, double tied in. Let's go ahead and run the power eye, or let's run twenty-two dive. I mean, how long does it take Georgia to control the damn game? You know, before it's all right. all said and done. Uh, however, Georgia is a passing team these days, or thinks they are, because they'll try to get the run, then they go over the top, et cetera, et cetera. If I'm Georgia, you go old school, you grind Florida out, and then when they make that mistake, that's when you hit the big play. So. Anyway, if we're not picking the score or anything, I, I mean, Hold I think up. Georgia's. A... We're almost okay. there. So Put it in reverse. A, I got only, it. There's only a couple of games in the SEC worth mentioning. Missouri, Alabama, and LSU are all off. And I say it's worth mentioning just because Ole Miss is in it, but Ole Miss is hosting Vanderbilt, so expect an offensive explosion. Other than that, let's pick this Georgia-Florida game because there's not a lot to choose from this week. Uh, we're going to get into some non-Power 5 picks later, or at least one of them. Just a little uh, foreshadowing, but let's pick Georgia-Florida. I will go first this time, and I've got Georgia by a score of 35-17. to 17. I like Georgia, but I like them closer. I think it's going to be 34-24. Go dogs. All right. Have we picked against each other yet? We have not. We've made two picks. We both picked the Ohio State. Hey, that's the first time I've said that. And we both picked Georgia. Yeah, but All look right. who they're playing. Look who they're playing. They're playing Wisconsin, and you're playing Florida. There's no look, way man, either of those teams should lose. <laughs> there, is, there, there is not much to choose from this week. There are a lot of teams taking the week off. Um, I wanted some notable teams to be in these picks. I didn't want to be picking um, – you know, like Nebraska Jacksonville and State. Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, let's head over to the ACC. 
Um, week oh. eight, we had, um, I guess, the big game this week, other than an upset, was um, Duke and Florida State. Uh, Duke had their quarterback back for most of the game, and then he re-injured himself. And Florida State pulls away 38-20. to 20. I don't know that having the quarterback in there was going to make a difference here. Florida State keeps rolling. Florida State got tested, though. This was a big-time, big yeah. feather in the cap for Duke. I mean, Duke, um, you know, like you said, Terry, you don't know if it mattered or didn't matter. I think it did. I think it did for the three three quarters he was in plus. Um, I think Duke exploited some weaknesses of Florida State. Obviously, they ran out of gas there at the end. The, the 38-20 wasn't nearly as, as far apart as the score made it seem. Right. That game was close. And Duke dominated many, 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 many minutes of that game. Uh, probably half of it, I would say, if not more. And Florida State, though, had to have a win. Now, you said earlier, quality wins. Ohio State has the Notre Dame and the Penn State win. Right. Can't take that away from them. But Florida State has LSU, Clemson, and now Duke. And, of course, two big losses in the ACC this week, in my estimation. Carolina yes. loses to Virginia, and of obviously they were setting up Virginia, a nice we've match. We've talked about for, how, how much the whole state of Virginia sucks this year, and then Virginia pulls off the, the big upset against and then, Carolina. And then fucking Clemson loses to Miami in double overtime. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of the videos where Dabo said um, the, the play therapist? At the end, you said it to me. Well, I got to act like I didn't, you dumbass. Play the with school therapist was hilarious. <laughs> oh, not that one. So there was that one. But um, Dabo uh, talked about the quarterback was supposed to hand off. But then the quarterback said, well, I thought I saw something. And then he gets run down out of bounds. And um, Dabo kind of threw him under the bus a little bit and said, no, that's not what we called the quarterback made a change. Um, and what I sent you was that video. And I was saying, we both picked Clemson and this guy made us lose. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was not, it was not a great, it's not a great Clemson performance. It's not a great Clemson team. If Deshaun Watson or Trevor um, had made that Lawrence had made that same decision, I don't know that Dabo would have been as critical of it. Um, But then again, you know, if you're going to, if you score, you're really not going to be critical of it. So um, I think that Clemson's kind of lost their way. I'm not saying, I'm not doing the fine bomb thing here and saying that Dabo's done, his legacy's over, blah, blah, blah. No. But I think, I think they need some help. I mean, Brent Venables, and we'll get to the Big Ten Mm -hmm. or Big 12, excuse me. Brent Venables was a hell of a, a hell of a coach. Helped him win two national titles. The creativity on offense isn't there. It's very stale. But they were blessed to have not only a defense led by Brent Venables that included Christian Wilkins and uh, I forget the other big guy's name, but the pass rush was incredible that year. Yeah. But you had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence in consecutive years as your quarterbacks. That's huge. It is. That's huge. That Trevor Lawrence's first start, I believe, was as a true freshman. Um, and if not, it was as a redshirt freshman. So, right. And he took over for Deshaun Watson, a man who'd been to two national championship games. One he lost to Alabama, one he beat Alabama in. So, um, I, I mean, a lot of respect for, for, for Dabo. I think they're just missing some things they're used to having. 
And like you said, Terry, did he accidentally shoot himself in the foot when he when he talked shit about the, the transfer portal? Because yeah. for those wanting to transfer, well, Clemson will never look at me because Dabo doesn't believe this is a good system. That They may never put their name on the Clemson board because they think that Dabo's not going to pick them up because of the means and way they got there. So, Oh, he'll um, change if it means he's not winning football games. But it doesn't help that he comes out and says, maybe we need to lose a few more football games and then goes out and loses. Yeah. That does not help. Now, quit no, giving a, your fans shit all the time. I mean, that, that's my deal. It's like, all right, football coach, you've won some football games and you got where you are. Uh, don't be turning away fans. Uh, a little bit of an ego there. Definitely. And he's gotten in trouble in the past by putting his foot in his mouth. Um, but, I mean, I feel stupid because I didn't remember Florida State the night we picked it. We had uh, 16 minutes of preparation. But Clemson still should have been a safe bet to win the fucking conference. And it's not looking like it's close at all. Yeah, it's um, so let but, me run uh, down the standings in the ACC yeah. a little bit since we talk about that. Obviously, Florida State's sitting up top. They're 5-0 in conference, 7-0 overall. North Carolina got their first loss. But, you know, they can put that behind them and storm back through. Um, this is a divisionless conference, so – what you have to do is you have to be number two and you have to find a way yep. to beat Florida State in the championship game. That's how these divisionless conferences go. So North Carolina can do that. They're three and one in the conference. If they win out and their their schedule doesn't put them up against nearly as much as some of the other teams, they may have it in front of them to do that. Louisville, who was a big story for a long time, um, they're still six and one, three and one, same as North Carolina. Duke is now five and two. They they found their second loss, but they're just two and one in conference. And Virginia Tech, a big surprise here. We talk crap about the state of Virginia. Virginia Tech's two and one in conference and three and four overall. The expectation is they they meet some teams inside conference and they lose more, but they're within striking distance, so I listed them. Yeah. Well, and like I said, the ACC. I, I think you're going to get Florida State and Carolina. I think Claire, Carolina had a bad night. Um, right. Florida State's going to keep on rolling. Um, now they still have Miami and they still have Florida to play. Uh, Florida will be at the end of the year for the rivalry weekend. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is going to be a great closeout for Florida State. Louisville is the only other one that I see getting there. I don't think any yeah. of the other teams are going to. I think right. Duke has lost too much with their quarterback being out. As tough as that defense is, where did you say Duke stands? They've lost what, one or two? They've lost two. Well, they got They've one conference two. loss, but I guess they lost to Notre Dame. Is that true? I'd have to look They back beat at Notre that. Dame, didn't they? Uh, I think that's true. I would have to look back at this, but I've got them at five and two and two and one in conference. They were not undefeated yeah. coming into this this week. So Who the hell did it? They must have beat Notre. It must have been Notre Dame. I don't know. We'll have to look back at it. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I think I think that uh, Duke is just too. Uh, I've got Duke right here. I think that Duke is just too far outside. They, um, yeah, especially with the quarterback. Well, and that's the thing that hurts. Yeah, they lost to Notre Dame and they lost to Florida State. They beat 
Louisville, NC State in between. They got about. Louisville this. They got Louisville this weekend. Right, but Louisville was it, the team it, that beat Notre Dame. Yep, and then they got Wake, Carolina, UVA, and Pitt. Yeah. So Duke could still theoretically they still be toward the top, but I if their I'm quarterback was more, there, maybe I just don't see it without him being there, and that that's it's kind of like the Utah situation was. You know, yep. with their quarterback, they're going to be competing, but without him, I just don't see it. Well, you told me Rising was back, and I didn't catch much of the USC game. Rising didn't play. Did he not? No, he didn't play. I thought he played they last beat... week. Was he off again this week? Yeah, they beat USC without him. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that that's some more to talk about here in a minute, but that just tells you more about USC Goodness. than anything. But anyway, um, yeah, I think this one's Florida State's to lose, if yeah. I'm being very honest. What I saw against Syracuse, that dominance, what we saw against Duke, the grittiness, what we saw against LSU, the dominance, Clemson going into Death Valley after you've been beat the last eight years or whatever it was in a row, mm-hmm. and then winning there too. I mean, Florida State's putting themselves together a very nice season. I don't think they can I don't think they can beat Michigan right now. If the playoffs were right now, I don't think they'd beat Michigan. But I think they could play with Ohio State. I think they can play with Georgia. I think they can play with the Texas or uh, uh, Oklahoma. I don't right. think they can beat I don't think they can beat Michigan. Um but they've also been a little inconsistent inside the game. Right. Florida State has. So um, cause you know, we talked about the one week they gave up 300 yards of rushing to Virginia tech the next week. They don't hardly give up anything this, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the inconsistency again, our favorite word on this show. Um, and I think I, again, I just think it's Florida States to lose. Um, obviously Miami had a nice bounce back this weekend against Clemson and North Carolina has to bounce back because that loss to Virginia, uh, was not a good one. They made a lot of mistakes in that game. Okay, so the remaining undefeated teams, you know, I ran down the standings. Uh, Florida State's the only one in the ACC now. Uh, we're really narrowing it down in a lot of conferences to only having one undefeated team. The ACC is no different. Florida State's kind of running away with that. Uh, the week nine slate is not great. There's one game worth mentioning. Um, I will roll off all the teams that, that I've listed that are still in the standings. Virginia Tech is off. Florida State plays at Wake Forest. North Carolina at Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh at Notre Dame. Um, And I'm not mentioning that because of Pittsburgh. I just don't have a conference to tie Notre Dame to, so I mentioned them here. Um, But then the one game inside the ACC that probably is going to go under the radar because we've talked a lot about both of these teams, but they've kind of both dropped off a little bit. Duke plays at Louisville this weekend. So that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think I think that uh, Louisville is going to get limited in terms of the, the production on offense by Duke's really strong, physical, disciplined defense. That's going to keep Duke in the game. But I think Louisville finds a way um, to to. They've just got yeah. enough offensive firepower. I think they they find a way. And this one's probably a seven point win for them. Um, I'd say something like thirty one twenty four, you know, or twenty eight twenty one. Um, Louisville, Louisville pulls this one out. I think so. All right, let's head over to the Big 12. Uh, week 8, um, we had Kansas State 
walking all over TCU, forty-one to three. Oklahoma TCU is no longer the runner-up for the national champion. Oh, team. they're they're not runner-up for much of anything these days. They're pretty bad. And Colorado, right off a cliff, is a big win, and we're seeing where Colorado is now. Yep. So we got Oklahoma State, forty-eight to thirty-four against West Virginia. Oklahoma State, um, you know, we seem to say this every week now. We look down on him at the start of the year, but he's proven that he's a man. He's 58. They're storming back in another win for uh, the Cowboys out there. I, I love every time you quote Gundy. I'm a man, damn it. I'm a man, and I'm 40. But like <laughs> you said, that was 18 years ago now or whatever. He, right, he's yeah. a crazy fool but no that dude can still coach they still uh they still get it done in stillwater baby and uh that's right I, he's calling the plays still i he's think still so, the uh, mullet out there uh, i know he, he ain't was getting last up year. shit buddy oh, oh man, yeah he's great. oh no he's he's got it perfect it's gelled it's just in the right <laughs> spot you know um yeah he's uh, got his damn mullet on but the uh but gundy not van gundy but gundy as a uh <laughs> It's an excellent coach, but a lot uh, of callbacks I mean, on this show. <laughs> they got they got they got dog walked what three or four weeks ago, and yeah. I was like, "Damn!" Well, uh, they're five and two now, three and one in conference, and they've kind of stormed back, and they're doing pretty well. Um, but you're doing pretty well in the Big Twelve, so temper that a little, Terry. Well, let's hold off because at one point, leading into this last week, we thought there's two teams that are well above the rest. And I ain't so sure anymore because Texas wins 31-24 at Houston this week. and um, you know, With the help of a controversial play on the 11 or the 9-yard line, whatever it was. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we've really, you know, everybody, you know, they're going to have an off week, and this seemed to be the off week in the Big 12 and across the board, as I stated. But Texas, um, lucky to get out of Houston with a win there. Definitely. And uh, Starkeesian saw it. It was all over his face. You know, he knew yeah. that they weren't playing for him. I think Eiler or Ayler, the quarterback, hours, however you say his name, the quarterback, I believe he went out of the game. Ewers. Um, Ewers, yeah. Ewers, E-W-E-R-S or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he went out of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he was hurt. And yeah. so they had to do it without him. But that's what you do. It's next man up. This is Texas. This isn't some place. They'd only found some diamond in the rough quarterback that didn't want to leave mama's house or something. Mm -hmm. They can recruit. They've got big games. And uh, so it's just a matter of them figuring out what, you know, what to do next. Um, and coinciding with that, with Houston, Oklahoma UCF. Oh, old yeah. Auburn coach Gus Malzahn getting it done, you know, uh, <laughs> just messing with people. The old well, you probably preferred him as the OC because he won a national championship that year. Well, but uh, he had a little he, help from a, a giant quarterback that year. You know? Yeah, it, you, it, you it was. It, who'd Cam ever beat? Honestly, I yeah, mean, come exactly. on, roll tide, <laughs> roll tide. You call the guy Superman. The defensive line of the Alabama Crimson Tide couldn't stop him. So uh, anyway, and that was when they played defense in Tuscaloosa. And I mean real defense, not this chicken shit defense you're seeing now. But um, nah the uh, the top two looked awful. They did they, they punched punched down, did not look good. Uh, Venables threw an absolute fit when he got mocked by the UCF receiver. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, got okay, so that, that's what I was going to bring up. That play, that is the same exact play that Auburn ran in the Iron Bowl in 2013. And um, Nick Marshall, and this was – this play – was uh, this got rules changed. So um, this was an RPO. Uh, There's a rollout to the left. And in the Iron Bowl game, the only reason it wasn't ruled uh, beyond the line of scrimmage when he threw it is because one of his feet was behind the line. The rest of his body was in front, and he hit the receiver, and the receiver went to the house. Similarly played, a little bit farther behind the line this time, hits the receiver, he goes to the house. But before he gets to the house, he blows a kiss to the sidelines. And that's what you're talking about. And that's all over social media. But, um, yeah, uh, UCF couldn't close the deal there. Um, I would say I'm surprised, but um, I'm not. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, well, you're an Auburn guy. guy I'm kind of used to Gus not being able to close a deal on some stuff. So you know, there you go. And he's a great mind offensively. Comes up with some real creativity. But like you said, when you have the opportunity to take down the number six or seven team in the country, depending on what poll you're looking at, you got to slay the dragon. And he couldn't yeah. get it done. You know, um, and that's UCF another one of them weird things. Yeah. Central Florida has had Scott Frost has had um, the Tennessee coach now, Heifel, and Gus Malzahn. These are three high-level offensive-minded coaches because for all of Frost's faults, when he had UCF and they beat Auburn in the damn Peach Bowl. And claimed a national championship. And claimed a national championship. See, Gus has already won one national championship for UCF. Yeah, with the, well, it wasn't Gus. It was it was Frost. No, Gus no. What I'm saying is Gus lost it for them. So he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave them one national championship. But but yeah, UCF was undefeated that year. They had the one armed corner or one armed cornerback. Not oh, I forgot confused, about with that. the one arm with yeah. the one arm man out of the fugitive Terry. I know you know that one. The one arm man, but this was the one arm bandit stealing yeah. the damn ball. And he and I mean he was a great ball player. Went he to was. Seattle. Um, but my point is UCF's always had those offenses that could fuck with you for the lack of a better way to say it. And Venables knows this. I mean, that's that Boise state thing again, and they know this and they were not prepared for it at all. I mean, they were not ready. All of the motions, the stunting, the trip side. I mean, all the stuff that Malzahn is known to do. Yeah. And you were not prepared to defend it. And I think they, quite frankly, I think they just fucking overlooked UCF. And I don't think that Texas is any better looking over Houston. Because Dana Dana Fulgerson, or Holgerson, excuse me, for all of his faults, the son of a bitch knows how offense, and he knows how to put it together. He did it at West Virginia. He's done it at Houston. And they gave Texas all of what they wanted this weekend right. all of it and, and um they got they got lucky to get the hell out of there with a the win both teams so i look for That's this true. week if they're playing texas oklahoma they're gonna bounce back because they have to i mean they're they have to they can't do that more than one week in a row you know or do it two weeks in a row so let's talk standings before we move on a little bit oklahoma obviously sits undefeated as the only undefeated team in the conference they're seven and zero with a four and zero conference record. Texas is right behind them, only with the Oklahoma loss across the board. They're six and one and three and one. Kansas State 
is five and two, but they only but they're three and one in conference. They have that conference uh, out of conference loss to Missouri on their resume, so that doesn't factor in. Oklahoma State, as we talked about, is also five and two and three and one in conference. And Iowa State is four and three, and they're also three and one in conference. Mm. So this week, fuck Iowa State. They're in the same state as Iowa. We don't like them. <laughs> same state. So let's run down the games. Uh, we got Cincinnati at Oklahoma State, Iowa State at Baylor, Houston at Kansas State, BYU at Texas. And the game that we are going to pick, because there's not a lot of games that are great to pick this week, Oklahoma at Kansas. I'll go first. 38-28, OU gets back to winning some football here. Damn it, Terry, we're agreeing too much, but here's the thing. It's going to be 34-7, Oklahoma. Boomer sooner. They find their balls again, and they decide they're going to play sooner football. All right, Oklahoma in a route. I'm hoping the last pick we disagree on because we can't we can't pick the same team on all five. No, and by the way, we could have a lot of fun with those Big Twelve picks because that's some shitty ass games. Yeah, it is. BYU BYU shouldn't come close to touching Texas by right. I mean Texas by Texas by thirty. Who else did you say? Who's Houston playing? Houston is at Kansas State. Yeah, fuck that. Kansas we got State Cincinnati by 14. and Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Now that's Taylor. a game. Cincinnati and Probably Oklahoma so. State will be the yeah. sleeper. Um but and Iowa State and Baylor, because they're so <laughs> shitty. You know, <laughs> they're, they're gonna be giving each other the ball trying to end the game. That's how that's gonna work. Like a water boy uh, here. Take the ball. Here, you take it. You take it. No, not me. Um <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, Big 12 is not really strong. That's why, and I've said this, we've talked about it, October the 31st, I believe it is, first college football playoff ranking. Yeah, after next Oklahoma, week's games, yeah. Oklahoma and Texas, they've got to win big. They cannot afford to get pushed down the rankings because they didn't win with enough style. And that's what will happen because you got too many teams in front of them. One loss, Ohio State. One loss to Michigan, one loss Penn State, still better than one loss Texas and undefeated Oklahoma. That's just just the way I see it. So anyway, um, they got to get they've got to get to it, and they actually need to punch up, don't punch down, because that's exactly what both teams did this week. They they played down to their competition. They did, and you absolutely. can't do that. You can't do that. It's across because the board. we also we also know they put on one hell of a performance at the Red River Shootout. So they did. Well, speaking of another conference that has a couple of teams that are sitting up top that had a great game against each other and play like crap this week, let's go to the Pac-12. So, um, wow, I did not even run down the, the scores for this week in the Pac-12. They, they, they sucked so bad that I didn't even run them down. Oregon and Washington both did not show up this week. Oregon ended up coming back. I think that was like what thirty-eight, twenty-four, or something in that. Yeah, game. the glass score was garbage time for the other team. Yeah, that was in Oregon. Oregon still was dominant enough. Yeah, but I was really disappointed to see both these teams come flat. And there is no damn excuse for Washington. 
No, None whatsoever. 15 to 7 was that final score, and that is crazy. As good as we talk about that Washington offense being 15 points, and they were, you know, they were getting beat for quite a while in this game. I mean, and it's by Arizona nothing. State, for God's sake. Right. Exactly. So, let me, since I don't have the week eight rundown in my notes, sorry, that's an oversight here. Um, so let me run down the standings. I think we talked about the two two games that really mattered a whole lot there. Um, well, well, hold on a second. We forgot about USC, did we not? Yeah, and they lost to Utah. And the teams that you want to talk about in the in the Pac-12 are Oregon, Washington. Actually, let me reverse that. It's what I'll put it in reverse today. <laughs> I got it Terry. right here. It's Washington. It's Oregon. It's Utah. And, I mean, you could talk about USC. We could talk about UCLA. We got Oregon State we could talk sitting about there at 3-1 also. You got Oregon State, Washington State. Yeah, yeah Washington but, State has a bad conference record, but they keep playing with everybody that they play. And they beat Oregon Well, State. and look who, look who they're playing. That's the other thing. Look who they're playing. Well, that's um, the thing. That's my whole point about the Pac-12. Like I mentioned earlier, they don't have any great conf- out-of-conference wins. Why are we thinking just because they have good offenses that they they are at some level above some of these teams in other conferences? I just don't see it. They're beating up on each other. Who cares? Yeah, and the thing is, the Pac-12, um, and let's talk about it for God's sake, USC showed us who they really are. Yeah. Not once, but twice. After that, after getting railed mm-hmm. by Notre Dame, they come back. They look like they're going to close it out against Utah. Big pass, field goal. Utah walks away with it. Cam Rising never took a snap. I verified that information. So, yeah, not good for USC. And uh, not really thinking that USC is what we thought they were. Or not, well... Even you and me, Terry, it wasn't what we thought they were because you and I both have very had very tempered comments about USC. But quite frankly, they don't even have the best offense that I've seen this year. Not even close. Now, we'll see how Oregon and Utah do this week coming up. Um, that'll be a huge game. Let's pick that one. Okay. Um, well, well, just because you love second. to. Let me run down. I've got it pulled me. up because I did. You know, there was an oversight in me making the notes this week. I guess I got ahead of myself to the to the standings in this week. But here's the rundown of the four games in the Pac-12. Oregon, as I said, was 38-24 against Washington State at home. It started out slow. Like you said, they, they got impressive as the game went. Um, Utah beats USC, um, and that was a home game for USC. And like you said, Utah did not have their starting quarterback, so that makes it even worse. Um, Washington with a 15-7 to victory over Arizona State at home. And that is just um, – that is a trash win if you've ever had one. And the other game in the league, UCLA beats Stanford at Stanford 42-7. to UCLA is one of those teams that's like we don't talk about them a lot, but they're pretty good. They're not oh, yeah, going to win yeah. the conference, but, I mean, they're a pretty good team. I mean, they've already lost enough games 
in conference that it's not going to matter. But, you know, the standings, uh, Washington sits up there at 4-0 in conference. Oregon's right behind them with only a loss to Washington. USC um, just has one conference loss. Um, they're 4-1. and one. Um, Oregon State has one conference loss. They're 3-1 and one in conference. And Utah, which, you know, Utah, if they can keep a healthy quarterback, can compete here. But luckily, even with the struggles with health of Cam Rising, they're 3-1 and one in conference and 6-1 and one overall. So they've got opportunities because, like we said, they don't have to win a division. They have to be one of the top two teams, and they have to be playing good at the right time. And that's how you yeah, win these conferences. Well, and currently they're number three in the in the Pac-12, and they're playing uh, Bryson Barnes is his name. This week against USC, nothing to brag about because their defense sucks. But he went 14 for 23 through 235 yards, 10.2 average pass, three touchdowns, one interception, a, a rating of 79. So um, for a backup quarterback playing at Pretty good. the Coliseum, he got the job you know, done. On the road, he got the job done. You can't really argue with it. And then, of course, Utah's defense did what they do. I mean, they, you know, the USC offense have been scoring and scoring and scoring seemingly at will. But you and I questioned early in the season when some of those games went to 42-28 or there was one game where they doubled up whatever team they played. But I said, look, they let them score 28. I think it was San Jose Colorado State or some shit. Colorado back you know? on them. I mean, and so, so we had questions about USC yeah. from the beginning. So right. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting that in anybody's face and say, hey, hey, we were right, you were wrong, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying there were holes, obviously. And if Lincoln Riley really wants to be a playoff contending team, he's got to find a defensive coordinator, and they've got to find an an average defense will make them so much better. They but don't that's have been to be elite. Story. I mean, it's consistent. Average. Yeah. Average is all they need. And that's what that's what Gus's story was also, though. I'm used to that because Gus would have a high, high, high octane <laughs> offense and then the defense just continued to struggle. And I think, um, you know, he's got the same problem and he's carried it to USC with him. And it's the same thing every year. He'll have a great quarterback, but um, if you can't pair it with a defense – you know, you're not going to win these championships. You're just going to you're going to make the highlight reels and you're going to lose some football games. So let's talk about this week. Obviously, Washington's the only undefeated team, luckily, after their big time 15 to 7 victory this week. Um, against Arizona State, too. Right. Keep that in mind. Yeah, they play at Stanford this week. And I'm I'm willing to bet that during practice this week, the fact that they won 15 to 7 might come up a time or two. Maybe, maybe just and, a couple. Um, they may go for triple digits against Stanford. I'm joking. I know it won't be triple digits, but I expect a big blowout there. And if they can't come back and, and do that against Stanford, then they they might have some real problems. We've also got USC at Cal. And dangerous uh, game. Well, here's dangerous another decent game for game. USC. It is, and um. Oregon State at Arizona might be a pretty decent game. Arizona's that team that, um, you know, they got beat by Mississippi State at the start of the year, I think. But um, they've played some good football since then. They just started out on a bad foot. But the game of the week, obviously, and we're going to pick it. This will be our pick em game number four, as you tried to allude to earlier. 
and jump the gun a little bit, you jackass. Pick I don't game you. number four. Don't tell me what to do. You're Oregon not my boss. Everything Utah. I tell my dog in the morning, you're not my boss. Don't tell me what to do. Of course you I'll get you this. Pick it, damn it. Your turn. Okay, so we're going to see nice physicality in this game. We're going to see a little bit of test in the run. Going to see some passing, but both offenses are going to get limited by the other side's defense. I'm taking Utah 24, Oregon 21. I was hoping for that because this will be the first one we disagree on. I think Oregon, similar to Washington, is going to bounce back from not playing great to start the game, and they're going to um, they're going to take Utah seriously, and they're going to come out early, and they're going to win 34 to 28. So finally, mm. we disagree on one this week. Yeah. Well, like I said, the one, the other ones you picked, and it's no offense to you because there ain't that high quality game. Right. Uh, they're not real. What's going to convince me to pick Florida against Georgia? Or Nothing. exactly, you know. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to pick. You know, I didn't want to pick a four and three team against a three and four team. I mean, how exciting is that? Nobody wants to watch I don't know. that. You, you know, know, I watched. It might Nebraska be the best game of the week, week but I mean, there's no you. notoriety here. All right, so let Nebraska, me run down the no, other undefeated teams. Yeah, that's hold what on. we're going to talk about. You said nobody wants to watch the four and three team. Nebraska's four and three right now, <laughs> sir. And I certainly want to watch them uh, win some and more Auburn's games. Three and four, four, so and yes. So that, yeah, there you go. You, stop <laughs> lying to our fans, Terry. You definitely want to watch us. a three and four team. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, go ahead, run it down, run it down. Okay, so we've got James Madison. They continue to be undefeated in the Sun Belt. Uh, they won twenty to nine against Marshall this week. They host. Old Dominion coming up this week. I'd rather watch a three and four team play a four and three team than watch James Madison. <laughs> so um, here's another um, slap in the face of Auburn fans. Liberty continues to be undefeated after Hugh Freeze left them high and dry. They win at home against Middle Tennessee, 42 to 35, and they head over to Western Kentucky. I believe that's in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And uh, Liberty's going to head over there. Could be a pretty decent football game. Western Kentucky's normally plays good ball. But that's not the pick'em game outside of the Power Five. The pick'em game outside of the Power Five. And here's my reasoning. Air Force beats Navy this past week 17-6. to And that leads into a rivalry game of sorts. We've seen Colorado State show up against Colorado in a rivalry game, and now we've got Air Force at Colorado State, a home game for Colorado State. I'm going to pick Colorado State to end the winning streak for Air Force, 31-24, Colorado State. What you got, Andrew? Air Force is going to win this game. I think that they're a much better team than Colorado State. Colorado State's going to keep it close. I'm going to go 31-28, Colorado State loses to Air Force. All right. Good. We disagreed on two of them. That's what I want to see, that um, there was not a lot to choose from this week. Next week, maybe we'll step it up a little bit. You know, Florida, Georgia, even though we picked it, like you said, that's really not a real close pick em game unless Florida just decides they're going to be the team that whacks Tennessee. If they can do that and Georgia comes out flat, it's a neutral site game every year. So um, 
maybe it'll be good, but um, my confidence is more in Georgia winning that. We'll see what happens. Okay, so let me get into something here. Let me run down the top 10 list before I get into this. Uh, we have not specifically said this. You know, there was some movement this week. We've got Michigan at the top spot, followed by Ohio State. Uh, Florida State is number three, followed by Georgia. Then we've got Washington, Oklahoma, and Penn State falls down to number seven after the lost Ohio State. And then we round out the top ten with Oregon, Texas, and Alabama stay solid at number ten, just as they were last week. A little bit of movement there based on the Ohio State and Penn State game. Um, some teams shifted up. Other teams shifted down. Ohio State bumped up a little bit. Uh, the teams between them moved around, but um, not a whole lot of difference other than that. Pretty similar. So let's talk about this computer poll, because um, obviously, if anybody has seen this, you don't look at it and say, hey, that makes a lot of sense. But let me let me explain my process a little bit in these results. So here's what I did. So I'm thinking, how do I get a computer to take in the data and really do something with it that shows something? I've done this before, and it's worked horrendously. So there's a couple of paths you can take. And uh, just to let you know, your, um, your podcast app has a skip button. If you, wanna, if you don't want to go into the nerdy talk, just go ahead and skip a few <laughs> minutes. I don't want to bore you and make you go to sleep. But those who are nerds that are interested in this, I'll talk about it a little bit. So there's a couple of before passes. before he goes any further. I just want to point out, <laughs> I accidentally I accidentally watched a Viagra YouTube video, showed me how to get how they figured out to get your dick hard, and I think that this will be absolutely much more entertaining than that. Terry, the floor is yours now. <laughs> okay, so there's a couple of paths you can take. You can be really um, strong in the direction of head to head. But we've talked about head-to-head -head not always being the best marker. Um, so I went away from head-to-head. -head. The, the, the code does not look at head-to-head -head at all. Uh, we do have Oregon one spot in front of Washington. I'll get into the, what I think the reasons are for that. But obviously the first thing you start out with is just sorting the teams by record. The problem with that is you're going to end up seeing Liberty and James Madison and Air Force in your top ten. Nobody wants that. That's a bunch of nonsense. This gets into my discussion about 130-something teams, and it's a bunch of craziness. I don't like it. This is another reason for it. So I had to do something beyond that to shake it up a little bit. So, okay, we got strength of schedule. I've included three layers of strength of schedule because if you beat somebody that has four wins, that's not nearly as impressive maybe as somebody else's defeating somebody with three wins. So there's got to be some like – Okay, you beat this team, but who did they beat? Just because they have some wins doesn't mean that's impressive. So I'll go a few layers with the uh, strength of schedule. Um, you know, and at that point, I saw teams that were a little higher, like Iowa was up there. You know, I did this. Uh, I was really going through the, the, um, the code before this weekend, before I was lost, and I was, was sneaking up there, and I'm like, that doesn't really belong. I just don't see that happening. So that's when I added the um, the uh, score differential in there, and I think maybe the score differential is a little bit high right now, and the reason I say that is Oklahoma is at number two. Um, let's see. Oregon is above Washington. 
that's probably not very good. And Louisiana State, LSU is at number 10. I think all three of those things are indications that um, the score differential is a little bit overvalued here. However, I will say, as a software engineer, what you normally have is an idea of exactly what the results should be. College football rankings are not that way. There's no perfect ranking. There's no target that's obvious. You just do your best, and you say, this looks a little better than this, and you go from there. So let me run it down. Obviously, this is the first draft. We'll keep tweaking. Um, anybody's welcome to have their opinion on this. I don't care. That's why I wrote the disclaimer. And let me read the disclaimer verbatim. The TNA computer poll is provided for entertainment purposes only. We like to entertain. Like me. No expectation is set for the quality of the results. In other words, like don't blame us if you don't like what you see. See, we can't so, even pick a top 10 and agree on that. How are we going to get a computer to do it? Anyway. So I was trying to screw with you a little bit, but go ahead and read that one more time. The whole disclaimer. Read the whole disclaimer one more time. Okay. The TNA computer poll is provided for entertainment purposes only. No expectation is set for the quality of the results. In other words, don't blame us if you don't like what you see. And that's so okay. what Terry did successfully, because this is how you write a quality disclosure, is he ripped that off from my online dating profile. 100%. <laughs> Does for my entertainment. If you don't like it, don't blame me. He 100% ripped that off from my online dating profile. So, you know, again, let's get hashtag blame Terry trending. We got the damn Ohio State at the top. We got this nonsense computer poll. And now he is just like our president did back in the 80s, committing plagiarism over my stuff that he didn't actually write. <laughs> So listen to me. You should be happy that Ohio State's at number four in this computer poll. Okay. So let me run. Well, the this computer down. knows better than you do. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe the computer knows better than we both of us do. Uh, the University of Michigan is number one team. That agrees with us. Um, Oklahoma is at number two. We don't agree with that. Um, Georgia is at number three. We mm -hmm. got Ohio State at number four. Florida State. Then Penn State is above. Oregon and Washington, um, Oregon at seven and Washington at eight. That's a little That's weird. That's your strength obviously. of schedule. That's your well, strength of schedule. Well, they are very close. They are point zero zero four points um, different um, out of less than ten. So that's a very mm -hmm. close. And I believe Oregon's above Washington here, just because I think they have more of a score differential. Um, so then we got the University of Alabama at number nine, and we wrap roll up tide. LSU at number ten. And, what I heard, um, Terry, was roll tide. Uh, you won't hear that from me, but um, you can keep saying it all you want. So that's the computer poll. Let me remind you that you can see the computer poll and the poll that we pick every week if you hopefully follow TNA Top Ten. We are on Facebook. Twitter, I won't call it X, damn it, it is Twitter, Instagram, or now TikTok. We may be getting stuff banned on TikTok once in a while, but um, he got that there. graphic banned on TikTok. For yeah, those the of computer you folks poll that follow got banned our show, on TikTok for some reason, yeah, it wasn't fuck Ohio State. It wasn't Terry's tangent on why Auburn is pissing him off. It wasn't him refusing to say roll tide with me that got us thrown off of TikTok. 
It was this damn computer poll. Because even the computer knows Oklahoma is not the top two teams. <laughs> or okay, TikTok so we, knows. I'm hoping I'm consistent. I might have to go double check. But it's at T and A top the number 10. Um, I am at T Weave 79 and he is at 30 year fan. It's actually in December, 35 years, but my handle's been that way for so long. I'm not changing. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, how long have you been a wrestling fan? The answer was 30 years. Well, that's what I figured it was. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's 35, but you could say the same thing about Nebraska. So anyway, but yeah. Send your hate tweets to me. I love it. At 30YearFan. I promise you I'm not overly sensitive. You will get a smart-ass response. Um, we have several friends that can attest to this, particularly that Ohio State. You're a very subtle guy. Didn't we discuss that today? Ohio State-loving motherfucker, Yambag Jones. You know, giving me shit all weekend like I'm going to apologize for saying fuck Ohio State. It will never happen. Um, and it can be fuck the Ohio State this week because I want to make sure that we don't get it confused as to which one I'm talking about. Well, all right. Good deal. They're not watching, Terry, but the fact that you just sat back, like it's like a dog humping your leg. Sometimes it's just better to let it finish. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what people need to understand is sometimes I realize – well, I'm just not going to pay attention. He's going to say what he's going to say, no matter what I have to say. But anyway, oh, so and then Terry says, "Sounds good." Up next, yeah, sounds good. I mean, <laughs> one of these days, you're going to set me up with something horrendous, and I'm going to say, "I agree with you, Andrew," and it's going to be the end of me. But anyway, you have any final thoughts? We've kind of done it a little different this week. We've gone into the conferences and. And dove in there. We didn't separate it based on last week and this week. I think it flowed a little bit better this week. Some good conversation. I uh, appreciate you for that. Do you have any final thoughts on Ohio State or the Ohio State or Michigan or anybody else? No, the final thought is real simple. It's nut cutting time, boys. You better show up. You better show up for 60 minutes. You better show up to play. Um, Virginia beat North Carolina. Yeah. Utah beat USC. You know, uh, Penn State fell short against Ohio State. Yep. Michigan continues to roll. My point is that one loss is all it's going to take to knock you out. You've got the playoff poll coming. This is the last year of four, and then we go to 12, That's which right. means Alabama will never miss it. And, you know, roll tide again, Terry, um, because as long as there's 12 available spots, the University of Alabama will have one of them, as much as that pains you. But um, I don't know. Nebraska's got Purdue this week. We didn't even talk about it. Both teams are awful. Nebraska's injured. Purdue's not great. Um, so Nebraska should win this one and go to five and three. You know, uh, here's an interesting statistic. This is how much rooting for Nebraska hurts these days. They are four and three for the first time since 2016 yeah yeah it that's a long time that is a long time see see we fall off the table sharply and we bounce back so once in a while every few years we're gonna have a horrendous season and then bounce back but 
We don't have that consistency of not winning some football games like you guys seem to have. There. God, that brutal. But so the problem is, I guess when you win them all, then you have to lose them all. Is that the way the world works? You won all those games for all those years, and now you're going to lose. All so of Vandy's going to dominate college football in a few years, I guess, right? Apparently, well, no. Well, that's why they're building the stadium. Oh, Once they get the damn stadium finished, then they can worry about dominating the SEC with newly joining Oklahoma and Texas. So what we're hoping for down on the plains is we've got a few games ahead of us. It's a possibility of a four-game win streak. Obviously, Arkansas is the toughest of those. This week we start out against Mississippi State. Uh, then we got Vanderbilt. We're going to play in that half a stadium up there. It's normally half a stadium. I think it's more like a quarter stadium now compared to SEC standards. Then there will be a, an Arkansas game and then a New Mexico State game before the big game at the end of the year. We're hoping for a few wins to lead into that, get bowl eligible, and then just be happy about the Liberty Bowl. That's what we're looking at this year. You can't turn your nose up at anything. Get some wins. Be happy about it. Get some practice in for next year and get better. That's my final thoughts. And that's a good, you know, good message for life, guys. You know, if you're struggling, if you've lost four games in a row, you can bounce back. Let's start today. Love you all. Thank you so much. Please follow us on social media. Listen to us every week. Give us a good rating, and we'll talk to you later, guys. Love you.